Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Summerton. Attention business owners, senior managers and executives, your successful separation begins right now. We have the answers to the questions you did not even think to ask. Let's face it, you're already successful in your career and we're here to help expand your knowledge and limit your costs by designing a strategy for your divorce. We take all that business knowledge you've acquired and we put it to work. With proven strategies, systems and processes, we've saved our clients tens of thousands in legal fees and helped define their future. And now we're doing the unthinkable. We're revealing the secrets the lawyers have tried to hide and giving you our formula for five steps to a seamless divorce. We're changing the world one divorce at a time, so stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Tanya back again, and I'm really excited to share this podcast today. Actually, really excited. I've been thinking about doing this one for a while, and um, it's just an opportunity today for me to actually find time to really put pen to paper and think about what I wanted to try and get across to you. You know, no matter where you are right now, whether you haven't even decided completely to leave, you may have already left or you you may already be divorced and just trying to pick the pieces up in your life and get going again. I wanted to share that it always has been and it always will be okay. And I'm a true believer of that. Like we as people, we grow and evolve and we can just, you know, it's like the old saying about water will find its natural level. We do that as well as humans. And look, don't get me wrong, it can be tough. I've been there. It can be tough. But as long as you pick yourself up and you keep going, you can get through it. So today I wanted to talk about what I have learnt and what I like the most about being divorced. And I suppose my number one thing would be around my children and showing my children that sometimes love just isn't a fairy tale. But in saying that, there doesn't need to be a villain. If you're really clever with how you deal with your divorce, it can actually be something that your children learn from. And I hope that I acted that way. Look, I'm sure. Look, to be honest, I'm 100% sure I made mistakes. If I had to rewind and go back, would I do some things differently? Yeah, I probably would. I probably would do some things differently because there's no book out there. There's no, you know, manual on how to get this right because we're talking about different people and you will have heard me say before, no two divorces are ever the same. doesn't matter whether you've got one child, two children, three children, however many, um, you add those into the mix and sometimes things just can get out of hand. But because I was a child of divorce, I... I'd sort of been through it myself. I sort of had a sense of what I had felt and I didn't want that for my children. And to be honest, you know, if if anything, I look at my three kids, I know for certain probably my middle son has already told me before that, you know, throughout a life we're probably going to have more than one relationship. Maybe that was his takeaway from you know, our divorce, I'm not sure, where my eldest son 
I probably think he's very committed and him and his girlfriend, you know, who, who I love dearly like a daughter-in-law, who's to say, and I hope, that they're together forever. And that's what maybe he learnt from his parents' relationship was more along the lines of, you know, what to choose for, how to act, what to do differently to meet the right person. But even that, in saying that, you know, at the time when I met their father, I thought right there and then he was the right person. Oh, why would I have married him? You know, I had the ability to have three three beautiful children with him and at the time he was the right person for me. At the time, he was the person to teach me the lessons, to give me the opportunities, the things that we built together. If I hadn't have met him, I might not be where I am right now. I'm very, very grateful for that. So I'm a big believer also that, you know, when you're under stress, you see the best and the worst of people. When people make decisions under stress, that's really when they get to see the real you. So I hope that the decisions that I made when I was going through my divorce with their father was enough for them to realise that even when, you know, everything feels just awful, when you're forever getting up day after day and you feel like you're doing everything, and maybe that's not true. That was just a story I was telling myself at the time, but I did I did feel like I was doing everything, but then that was a consequence of the choices that I made at the time. And I have to live with those. And, you know, I do, I accept them. But at the time, it felt like it was never, ever going to end. But I wanted my children to see, even though I felt like that, and I felt like some days I couldn't get out of bed, I wanted my kids to see, hear and feel that it, you know, it's okay to feel like that too. It's okay that throughout life we can go through those moments or those seasons of life. But then you get up and you keep going and you fight and you try and be bigger and better than you were before. And every day it's one of my personal drivers to make my children proud, to make them, you know, think, wow, look what mum was able to do. She turned whatever adversity around to be the person that she is today. And, you know, I'll be honest, guys, I still sometimes today have to bite my tongue when they say things about their dad. And I can just remember living through things and that they're maybe going through it now. And and I want to tell them, I want, want to tell them, look, be careful of this or look out for this, but I can't. It's it's not my lesson to teach them. It's their lesson to learn. So I've really got to be, be careful and mindful of that. And that's something that I'm still, you know, I still grapple with today, but I just bite my tongue and know that it's not for me to say. If they want to talk about their dad, I let them talk and I listen. This is not my place to say anything. It's It's their place to learn. That's that's really hard, but it's you know it, that's my choice. That's what I've chosen to do, and it, and it's it's worked out well for me. The second thing I'm really grateful for from my divorce is probably the evolution of Tanya. When I think about my marriage 
and for the 22 years I was in it, you know, at the time it felt, well, for many years it felt like it was right until it felt like it was wrong, if you understand what I mean. Like it was at one stage, all of a sudden, this isn't right, this is wrong for me. Um, We're not going in the same direction. And my needs and wants were different to his. And he wanted to sort of have me fit his perfect picture. And that's where all of a sudden things start to go wrong. People put their own interpretations of what they want for their life on their partner. And it doesn't work like that. And when I think about my new marriage, I've got no interpretations on what Richard does or how he does it. And just as long as it's, you know, within the the realms of um, being true and loyal and loving and not breaking any laws, which is not going to happen anyway. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't have I don't have any expectations of him, other than that every day he wakes up and loves me. And because I don't have any expectations of him, he really doesn't have any expectations of me either. We just do it like. Because I don't expect anything, when he does something, I'm grateful for it. And like last week's podcast, when I talked about gratitude and the law of attraction and repelling what you don't want, you know, that's what I've got in this marriage, this second marriage, is I learned so many lessons from the first one that I was able to make sure that just at a basic day-to-day level, I learnt so much that I'm not going to any way, shape or form replicate those same mistakes that I made before because, like, this is the honest truth. I'm being really raw with you right now. I wasn't the perfect wife the first time around. I got married really young, you know, we ended up where we were not just because of things that he did but I've got to take full and utter responsibilities for the part that I took as well because for every action there's a reaction and whether it was me pushing one way or him pushing the other it was a friction and that friction caused disharmony and when I wanted more he didn't he wanted me to do things that he wanted me to do and I don't know. And the same for me. I would be forcing him to go, you know, can you please do this or can you do that? He didn't want to do it. It just doesn't work like that. Like we've got to give in voluntarily to the bigger picture or purpose. And I was actually talking to mum this morning and I said to her, the funny thing between the two special men that I've had in my life is that they are so chalk and cheese that I learnt, well, the first part of Tanya in this world was to be this person married to that husband and that husband would give her three children. The next part of my evolution as Tanya is to be married to Richard and to live this part of the evolution and evolvement of Tanya. So it's like how I look at it was Richard was sent to me or I, you know, with the law of attraction, I, I was able to to attract Richard and we both have the ability to lift each other up 
rather than take each other down. And I suppose that's the most beautiful thing. Like when I think of what my divorce gave me, gave me that. Like it gave me the ability to, to know, to really know because I'd been there and I understood so I really knew what I want. And it's one of the greatest mistakes I see. You hear me talk about these stats all the time. We've got, you know, 45% of first-time marriages failing, 70% of second time and 90% of third. And it's because the people that are getting married the second and third time are not doing this deep dive like I'm talking about right now into, their, into themselves and fully understanding what they need and what they are prepared to give. Because it can't be and it shouldn't be a one-way road. It has to be a give-and-take relationship for it to be really successful. And when I talk to clients and they're going through the first stages of separation, often they'll, they'll repeat, very, very similar words along the lines of, you know, I just feel like I'm being taken for granted. You know, their needs aren't being met. I never married someone to feel like this was what's happening. I actually had a guy this week that I was talking to. My heart sort of broke for him a little bit because he said, and I hear it often with the guys, you know, I worked really hard to bring in the income to try and build the life so that I could, you know, give my family what they needed. He, he thought he was doing the right thing. He really did. Like I'm a, I truly believe that that's what he thought. And so many guys think the same way. They think they've got to go to work. They think that they've got to um, be able to bring in the money so that their family has everything that they need. And then the wife feels like she's been forgotten or, or left or whatever. And I suppose it's something that even in, you know, pre-marriage when you have to go and do the classes, they don't talk about any of that. You know, why aren't the people talking about the fact, look, guys, you need to have some rules of engagement when you get married. You need to understand these are what your roles are going to be. Do you accept them? And if you don't, don't then look back years later and go, I was forced into having this role because you've got a voice. And that's something I've learned. I have a voice. If I don't like something rather than accept it, I have the ability to say, no, this doesn't work for me. I want this to be changed or altered. And so many of us don't realise that we've got that ability because before we know it, sort of our bed's made and we have to lay in it and we go, well, we can't go back now. We've either missed the ability to have the job that we wanted or we found ourselves every day living a life that we never thought would be possible. And right now as I'm sitting here, I recall a moment when I was in my backyard with my first marriage and I remember looking up to the sky just thinking no there's just so much more than this there's so much more than this but I had no idea what it was or where it would take me 
And, you know, I don't know whether that was the moment that made me start to think about everything else in my life. I don't know. But I certainly am aware that my second time around brought me to a different sort of love. It brought me to learn that there's so many different people in life. And I don't know, what's wrong with having two two beautiful people in your life that give you different opportunities at different times who says that that's not okay so people that sometimes say oh you know I feel like I failed because I've got divorced who's to say it's not a success who's to say that just because it didn't work it was actually just what you needed at the time because then you peel back another layer of the onion and you evolve into the person that maybe you were always meant to be or you know maybe you you can continue to you know peel back layers and and become even more and more different and I suppose that's what brings me into the third thing that is so good about divorce and that third thing is you get to be whoever you want to be you get to choose You get to choose what you do. You get to, you know, wake up every morning and rather than being part of a couple, you get to make your own decisions. Because if you're in a relationship, and certainly like mine was, you know, my ex-husband, he seemed to be on face value the person that was making all of the decisions. And I suppose he probably was to some extent when it come to our business and that sort of thing because, you know, day to day he was running it. And I think I realised that I couldn't just get up and have a job. I just didn't want just a job. So his business or our family business, that's what it was to me. It wasn't something, I wasn't changing anyone's life. I wasn't doing anything like that. All I was doing was you know, going to work and, and helping, helping him just build, you know, it was a product-based business. So I needed more and each of us are different like that. So some people might, may or may not be happy with, with that sort of career. That might be what some people would love to have. But I always felt like there was a deeper calling ever since I was a young girl, like I always was a a real nurturer. So I knew that I needed to have a job that was bigger than me, if that makes sense. Like if every day I help you, you help someone else, they help someone else, it's the ripple effect. And that's what I've tried to build now in my life, like I knew that there was more and I just had to go out and make it happen. And knowing that you've got the strength to do that, that alone is is a massive, massive turning point in anyone's life. So that's the next one. And then I suppose the last major point for me, which has been... Well, I suppose it's hard and then it gets easier. But the thing now looking back about what I liked the most about getting divorced, I got rid of a lot of baggage. Now, 
I'm thinking about how I want to say this. I say often you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. There's no doubt about that. Like that, it just is. You know that those people rub off on you. You learn new things from them. You explore. They bring you different ways of thinking. And you can lift your knowledge as a person. And when I look back now, the thing that happened when I got divorced was a lot of those people that I had in my life that I thought were my friends, they weren't really friends. And my mentor talks about um, energy being like a, you know, a tyre on your car. And if you think about every time you talk or deal with someone, if they're an energy sucker, so in other words, they're just taking, taking, taking and not giving, those people take from you, every time they take from you, your tyre gets flatter. And I suppose when I look back now at the whole divorcing, there was probably some people in my life and I was running on a flat tyre. They were just sucking out of me rather than giving back. Now, there's definitely people in that same period of time that just stood out. And I know for certain are my lifelong friends who I'm very, very blessed to have in my life. But the rest of them, they've sort of all just gone and disappeared. And at the time, I thought they were important. But the truth is, you come into this world alone and you leave this world alone. So the people that you spend a lot of time with really need to be the people that deserve to be there, that deserve your attention. And the relationship, just like the one with your partner, is a give and take one. It's just not a take-take one. And I was talking to my brother-in-law last night and he, um, he does up old cars. And I was thinking about this today and can you just imagine, imagine this, your life is like a beat up old car that's maybe 30, 40 years old. It's got scratches. It needs a paint job. You know, its pistons aren't running well. The brakes are probably worn out. Even the tyres need to be replaced. So what he does is he does these cars up he you know he refurbishes the motors he gives them a paint job and they look amazing and they go from being you know bloody derelict to being worth a fortune and that's the same picture I have in my head about my divorce when I think about it I feel like or I felt like that run down car flat tires my pistons weren't working well. You know, the body of the car is solid as. The internal part of the car, that's all good. I just needed a bit of a, you know, a paint job, some new tyres, you know, my, um, a really good service, an update on my motor. And all of a sudden, I've gone from feeling like I was a bit of a, you know, a broken down old car that was sitting on the, the, the junk heap to actually being a fully revved up piece of machinery that people want to pay a lot of money for. That's how I feel about my life now, just like that. 
So if you're struggling with what you're going through, I just wanted to share with you some of the great things that have come out of my divorce. You know, the opportunities really are endless and you might be struggling right now, but just know you're going to be okay and it always has been and it always will be okay. Okay, my darlings, I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Angel podcast. Go behind the scenes of my business to learn the secrets no one else will share. Deep dive into the Divorce Angel process and listen to our most popular episodes over at tanyasummerton.com. If you love this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives. That's all for now and I'll catch up with you next week.